a breathwork session is like years of therapy in an hour. And oh, it I'm was so, for me. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> gl- I'm so glad, and I'm so glad like you were able to come and and experience it too. And I, I'm so glad you had a good experience. Um, I was crying. Yeah, that and <laughs> I, I know I joke and like I get paid to make people cry. It's great. You're watching Flow State conversations with athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs about the ups and downs of a life totally immersed in doing what they love. My name is Nick Willicke. I'm the host of the show, and I'm also the co-founder of Sojin, where we make organic CBD and herbal tinctures for a healthy brain and nervous system. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Rebecca Tam. Rebecca is the owner and manager of Michigan Massage and Wellness. It's a full-service massage and health clinic based in Troy, Michigan. They offer everything from deep tissue massages to yoga to breath work. One of the reasons that I was so excited to have this conversation is because Rebecca and I got to talk about everything from her personal journey dropping out of high school to start her career to why she believes so deeply in breath work, which she calls six months of therapy condensed into one hour. Before we jump into the episode, this episode is brought to you by the Sojin Holiday Bundle. The Holiday Bundle is a special holiday promotion that we're running where you can get all three of our best-selling tinctures, the Focus, Calm, and Sleep tinctures, for just $99. That's usually a $175 value. So if you're looking for a stocking stuffer or a gift for friends, family, coworkers, then head over to our website and check that out. And now, a conversation with Rebecca Tam. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Rebecca Tam, thank you so much for joining us on the Flow State Podcast. We're really happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. So I want to talk about everything from talk about psychedelics. We'll talk about your um, massage practice, um, Michigan Massage and Wellness. We'll talk about developing people. I even want to get to talking about dating a little bit too, if we have time. So we'll kind of cover as many. Oh, I have so many stories. <laughs> so many stories. Yeah. Good. I, 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 I used to, I used to threaten that I actually, no, I actually had a dating blog many, many, many years ago when I was younger and more active on the dating scene where I called it, I straightened my hair for this. Uh huh. Yeah. That was the name of the, that was I the name so- of your uh, blog. That was the name of it because I have curly hair and I would always straighten my hair and I had some dates and afterward I'm like, I straightened my hair for this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you what name you picked for your blog. I was like going to be my first question. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and I always say like, if I'm ever going to write like a memoir, it's just going to be called forget it. I'll do it myself because well, <laughs> As I said before we started recording, right? It's hard to depend on people. <laughs> Is that also in relation to your dating experiences primarily? Or what's the inspiration for that for that memoir? Yeah. <laughs> just life, just everything. Like I, I look at my dog sometimes and I'm like, you know, I provide for you. I get up and let you guys out. I walk you every day. I feed you. Like, what do you do for me? I mean, besides provide, you know, unconditional love and obsession, but my favorite thing to do with my dog is just he just like loves i just love to give him a good hug 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're they're great for that. You ever feel like when you're hugging a human, there's like a duration of time that's it's like no long it's like they're like that's like a they're like uncomfortable by the amount of time. You know what I mean? Like Right. Like you're getting into kind of like creepy hug territory. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I, I, I have I have a couple of really good friends and like one, she lives in Lansing. Hi Tiffany, if you're listening. Um She's the best hugger. And I love like when we hang out when she comes down, you know, to this area. Um, because she just gives the best hugs. Like they're nice and solid and like you just, you know, I, I and I've had some really like weak ass hugs too, and you know, dating too. Like God, if if a guy can't even hug you properly, well, that's That's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. That's another podcast for another time. <laughs> so today we're talking about psychedelics to talk about your practice um your style of breath work as therapy um to start things off though um w- tell us a little bit about kind of the beginning um ch- childhood where you grow up um and uh i think you're you're based here in michigan right and you grew up in michigan yep. as well yep i yeah. grew yep yeah, I grew up in Ferndale. I live in Clawson now. I've lived here for almost 15 years. Okay. Um, and yeah, I had, you know, a very boring childhood. Um, you know, my parents, they were still married up until the time my dad died um, in October of 2021. Um, and, you know, I have an older brother and a younger sister. And, uh, you know, I realize now, like, I definitely had middle child syndrome but Mm -hmm. also what's nice about being the middle child is like i mean not that i did anything bad but we just kind of flew under the radar and you know like did our own thing and i don't know i guess that's why i'm so independent now i mean i i don't know i yeah i had a really just normal basic childhood you know and back in my day because i can say that now in my 40s like we had you know our friends on the street were like the people that we hung out with, you know, we didn't have social media or phones and thank God, because I can't even imagine what it would be like growing up today with what kids are going through. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, uh, grew up in Ferndale, um, went to Ferndale schools, um, actually dropped out of high school halfway through my senior year because I just hated it. And mm. you know, my parents and I had a fight about it, but they let me, you know, make my own decision. And, um, I left school on Friday at midwinter break and Monday I started working full-time at my job. So, you know, definitely wasn't wow. like, Oh, I'm going to hang out, out and just be a slacker. You know, I, I got my first job when I was 14 years old at Dairy Queen on nine mile in Ferndale. And let me tell you, those cones are like really hard to make, but People love me because I always gave them like way too much ice cream. You're supposed to have, you know, like weigh them and I don't know. Um, and yeah. And then when I was 24, yeah, 24, um, I enrolled in massage school totally on a whim. I before had you get to that, given, before oh, you do yeah. massage, go get to the massage school part. Um, you are, you are a very independent person. Um, that's a quality about you that I really appreciate. Talk about a little bit. Is that from, you think your childhood and before you dropping out of, I feel like you dropping out of high school is kind of a sign of that, but 
Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Like, talk about your independence and how important that is was to you as a child. I mean, I, I don't really know. I mean, I was very. Mm, okay, so have you heard of um? Have you heard of Gretchen Rubin? You know her, right? Heard of her? Yeah, she's an author. Yeah, so she has this test. It's called the Four Tendencies. Okay, and it's like the questioner the upholder, the obliger, and the rebel. And several years ago, I took her test. And of course, I'm the rebel. And, you know, my mom would tell me, I mean, I would be like three years old, she'd be, you know, going to give me a bath. And she said, you would just fold your arms and say, you're not the boss of me. And I would like run out the house naked. So (laughs) apparently, I was just like a little spitfire from, you know, from the start. Love that. And, um, I don't know. And like high school, I was really a loner, you know, and I always say you could not pay me enough money to go back to high school. I mean, if I went back as the person that I am now, I probably would still leave because those people would just drive me insane. Like, okay, you're all stupid and I don't want to be around you. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I don't know. Like I, you know, I always did things, um, you know, just kind of figured it, you know, figured it out. Um, And, but when I was in high school, I thought I would get married and have kids by the time I was 20, because that's what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that was like, I mean, and that's what some of my, you know, friends did and family members. And now at 44, I'm like, wow, thank God that didn't happen Hmm. because I mean, you know, Again, I, I never anticipated to be living alone in my house for the last almost 15 years. But now I'm at a point of like, uh, you know, my house is great for me and the dogs. And I don't know, I'd have to buy a bigger house if another person showed up so mm-hmm. we could like have our own space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've just. You've always been you like know, I, independent. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and a little, started my and business. A little, there's the loneliness is important, too, I feel like. Um I was homeschooled growing up. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah. Uh, so I had basically myself and my studies a lot yeah. on a lot of days. So I can relate to that. I can relate to that kind of feeling of like, but what's cool about your story, because you know, you and I have talked before this, what's cool about your story is that you have such a good social community today. So it's such an interesting dichotomy for me that it's like, as a child, you know, it's like, Ugh, I can't stand high school. I can't stand this community here. That the other end of that spectrum for you is like you co- created this life that's different than what was kind of the norm of our society where we grew up. But you've created this uh, your this new this life for yourself, and you've got a sick community now. So just a, just an observation. That's a really uh, cool trajectory slash dichotomy. Yeah, I you know, and like I work. I work really hard to just maintain relationships with people. And I don't know mm-hmm. if part of it comes from like running a business and me being like the point person of everything for the last, you know, 18 years. Um, but, you know, it's also hard too, because, you know, when you are just like one person, you feel like it's all on you to do everything. And then you get to a point like, Again, damn it. I wish somebody would, I could come home and like somebody fed the dogs and let them out and clean the kitchen up and made me dinner. Um, but then, you know, I see what some of my friends go through sometimes and like, you know, 
maybe just sitting at home on a Saturday night with my dogs and a movie and like doing a puzzle isn't the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Rather than putting up with a bunch of bullshit from people. So, <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, that's it too. I think I just, you know, going through years of, um, you know, just friendships and like romantic relationships and everything where, you know, people, it, any, any relationship, there's a give and take. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not meeting a person halfway, I mean, I, I've had to let some friendships go over the years that I really, you know, didn't want to. But when I sat and looked like, you know, this shouldn't all be on me mm-hmm. or, you know, and one thing, you know, one assumption that people like, not really like, but one assumption that people make about, especially, you know, like someone in my position who's single and I say, I have a full-time job with part-time hours is um, they think like we have all the time in the world. And I mean, I do have a lot more free time than my friends with kids or, you know, my friends that are working like 80 hours a week, but I I've been in my little kind of like bubble and shell for so long i mean i'm essentially unemployable at this point <laughs> and uh, you know i I'm, I'm very much like my, my friend calls it he calls himself the friendly introvert and you know i say I like, like i'm an introverted extrovert but and one of my friends she'll tell me like yeah when you hit your wall you hit your wall like there there's no like little sign it's just more of like a hard stop and like okay I got to go. And what I really like is my friends accept that about me, you know? And I mean, sometimes they tease me or like, Oh, it's nine o'clock. Oh my God, Rebecca, you're still here. Like what? It's past your bedtime. You know, we all have a good laugh about that. Um, But you know, there's something to be said too about being able to lean into that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to say isolation, but um and especially like going through COVID last or two years ago. So my business was shut down for three months in 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was a very hard time for me because I didn't have anyone here and I wasn't going to work. And then I realized once we were able to go back to work, you know, within two days, it felt like my life was back to normal. And and no, that's what it made me think of like, wow, I really need to like start getting out more and start doing more stuff That's because interesting. um yeah you know it's like so much of your of your identity is tied up with your work and when i couldn't go into work you know for 3 months um i you know i really struggled with like well who am i without my business or you know without being able to fix people and uh it was it was really hard uh you know during that time um definitely had a little bit of like a you know, mental nervous breakdown, like a lot of people did. Um, but also, you know, coming, coming out of it too, you know, I, I did some, you know, self-discovery and, and really it gave me some time to reevaluate like, okay, what's next? Like, what do I want to do next with, you know, with my personal life, professional life, everything. So, you know, it was a nice little reset for the world. So I want to talk about, being alone i have that i want to talk about that we'll talk about that in a, in a bit and also more about um your practice too um i liked where you were going when you were 24 um pick back up that that story um when you were 24 so you dropped out of high school got a job when you're 17 got your ged and then um when you're 24 had you kind of just sort of resigned yourself to 
cubicle life at that point, and then and then some, there was sort of a change, and you decided to pursue being helping people, basically. Yeah, yeah. I um, my last job, I say my last real job, you know, that I had, I was working for an automotive magazine, and I liked it. Um, you know, I liked the work, I liked the people, and. Yeah, I just, you know, I was good at that, like admin stuff, you know, that organizational task, Mm -hmm. you know, this, that, and the other. And again, like sitting in a cubicle. Um, And I, um, and, you know, I remember coming home from work one day and sitting there and, you know, I was still living at home at the time. Um, And I actually, my friend from high school, her and I had a deposit put down on an apartment they were going to move into with her young daughter. And, um, like we had our moving date scheduled, everything. And I came home from work one day, I had another headache, you know, and I guess it's now like what they call a quarter life crisis. Um, but I saw a brochure for, uh, Irene's Myomassology Institute in Southfield, which is where I went to school. So I saw it just sitting out there and took a look. I flipped through it and I had like never given a massage or gotten a massage at that point. Never once crossed my mind. You know, nobody was like, oh, you're really good at this. But I don't know, just something. Yeah. Something was like, hey, go check this out. So I, um, you know, called up the school, took a tour. They had classes starting in a couple of weeks. So I went into work the next day. I put in my two weeks notice I cashed in my next 401k day. to pay for school the next day. Yeah. What? I, this, this, this must have had a really great brochure. <laughs> I mean, no. And you know, it's funny because the school that I toured, it wasn't even the school that we were going to be in because they were building this beautiful brand new school. And I was actually in the first class that complete, like started and completed the one year program in that school. Wow. Um, Amazing. But I, yeah. So props to you whoever know, does design the brochures or did marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And again, it wasn't like, it was never this like, Oh, I really want to help people. You know, Mm. like the thought of just touching random strangers. I'm like, Ew, gross. And (laughs) you know, my, my biggest fear when I was in school, (laughs) my my biggest fear when I was in school was that I was going to get this like big hairy guy on my table. And, um, the first person in the clinic, because we, you know, we had to do clinic hours. The first person that I saw in the clinic was this big hairy guy. I'm like, okay, we're just gonna dive right in here. Amazing. And, you know, I, I like to How joke like, I, I, it was, you know, it was great. I mean, I guess he liked it. Um, you know, I, I joke like I just, you know, I I touch people for a living, or I can't remember like what the joke is, but. Um, yeah, so I, you know, and I unfortunately told my friend I wasn't able to move in because I, I took a year off, you know, I was like, I've been working since I was 14. I'm tired, you know, 10 years in and here I'm 30 years later. Like if I had gotten a real job at, you know, DT or something, I don't know, I could retire by now and have a pension, but, um, but you have your yeah, own I, so, and four employees. What's that? You got your own company, four employees, and a ton of. Ton I, of yeah, I got my own company. I've you. got a great team behind me. Um, I mean, it's two o'clock on a Friday, and I'm sitting on my couch talking to you, right? It's like, and I played pickleball this morning. I mean, hey, you know, yeah. yeah. You got a good I, life. I, I, had a, I had a friend a few years ago. And try your practice to is amazing me. too, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. You yeah. know, I'm really proud of it. It has. It has like grown into something. I didn't even 
think it would. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no, like, I, I literally had no idea what I was doing when I started massage school. Mm. Um, you know, when I did any of this and when I was in school, all I wanted to do was work for a fancy day spa doing fancy body treatments. Mm-hmm. And I got it. Is that like the Holy that. grail of things when you're in massage? Was that like, that's like, I mean, people are like, for me okay. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you have other people who want to go into like pain management or they use it as a stepping stone to go into like nursing school or physical therapy or something. Okay. Um, and actually after I graduated from massage school, I thought about physical therapy. I applied to Wayne state. I got accepted, but then I saw the math and science requirements and that's when it was still a master's degree. Now it's, you know, a, a doctorate. But when I saw the classes, I'm like, yeah, I don't even have an associate's degree. I don't think so. So I, I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, doesn't I got seem a like job. You, that, like, doesn't seem like you're at any loss though. Not, doesn't seem like you're at any loss though for, for where you are today, you know, with having, with having your company, um, does it feel that way to you though? It, it does. And you know, it's, it's taken me a very long time to get to this point again. I mean, we just celebrated 18 years and number one for a small business, single owner, you know, to be able to make it for 18 years. That's, you know, it, honestly, that's something I don't give myself enough credit for. So I'm just going to pat myself on the back. Um, virtual high five. Here. That's right. Virtual high five. And, um, you know, and my dad had his own business, um, like my entire life. And, you know, I, um, you know, he worked very hard. He was, you know, he provided for all of us, but he, you know, he made some decisions that weren't great. And, you know, I learned a lot of what not to do by watching him. But again, I had literally no idea what I was doing Mm -hmm. when I started my practice. I didn't even think I would have my own business. Again, wanted to be like that spa person. And once I was in that atmosphere, I realized how much I hated it. And it's like, I don't want to work on like wealthy women, you know, doing seaweed wraps. Like that was boring to me. And just, I mean, honestly, the spa culture in general and, um, when I found my first office, what didn't you um, like about that? Out of curiosity, uh, what did I or didn't, didn't? like? Uh, like, didn't yeah. you like about it? Other than I guess the seaweed wraps, maybe not like the most like <laughs> the, wraps, yeah. the most not like impactful way to. I don't know. I, I I can still smell it. Um, you know, for me, it was like Big I mean, factor. we weren't you know we weren't really pressured to do like retail sales, like the skincare side was, but you know, there was that kind of expectation. Like they wanted you to upsell, they wanted you to sell products, Mm -hmm. you know, they would, um, you know, like, you know, uh, and, and this is, this is not just in like the spa that I worked for, but this is kind of very, you know, across the board, you know, like you go to a lot of these franchise, you know, chain places where they advertise, you know, oh, get a one hour massage for $49. But what you don't see is the fine print where it's like you're not getting a 60 minute massage because there's the undressing, redressing consultation time. All that. Um, okay. Yeah. And for us, you know, just like working in that industry, I mean, it was just kind of toxic. Um, I mean, I quit there four different times, you know, I was, I was unhappy. Um, you know, and, and again, like we were just, 
you know, in these tiny rooms, I mean, horrible body mechanics. You don't even have like good, you can't have good body mechanics with where it's at. And that's so ironic. Um, yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. Yeah. Nasty irony. And, and, and I remember like I worked like a nine to three shift and I had clients at like nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two. So, you know, you barely had time to like use that, you know, flip the room and like okay. use the bathroom. Okay. And where with my practice, um, you know, a one hour massage is you get 60 minutes of hands on time as long as you're on time for your appointment. Um, and you know, that 10 minutes like really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I, I didn't like, again, like the, you know, pressure to sell and honestly, just kind of the cattiness too of, you know, I mean, not everyone is going to love that they, you know, who they work with. And I'm very, very lucky now because my, um, you know, my staff that I have, like, I, you know, I, again, I, I never thought I would have like four employees right now or doing all of the services that we do and really making an impact with people. But mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't look Way at it as like, yeah, yeah. And it's not like this, like boss employee, like I'm up here, you're down here. It's, I treat everyone as an equal, you know, like we're a team where yeah. we work together, we learn together, we learn from each other. And I love that about you know, what like, you're doing. And I, yeah, and, and yeah. the way you love developing people too, teaching young people. I, I, I do. Yeah. 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 I work with one of the local massage schools and three of our four employees, like they started out as student interns with us. And, you know, I, I found because as I'm starting to kind of transition out of the treatment room mm-hmm. um, to focus more on, you know, all of my extra stuff that I do, like the breath work and, um, you know, everything else, but also just um, running the business. I found I really love working with these, you know, I call them like the brand new massage babies and and seeing them grow and seeing them step into their careers. And, but I also joke that That's like cool, I've ruined my staff forever working anywhere else <laughs> because I, you know, I give them a lot of, you know, autonomy and freedom and again, like respect. And one of my employees, he came, you know, over from a corporate um, business and, you know, kind of the same thing that I said, it's just kind of this toxic culture where there's all this pressure on you. And, you know, I, I don't, and, and also I don't believe in people like treating people like they're beneath me. Um, Mm. because I, and and I always, I always say I would not have the business I have today if it wasn't for the staff that I have, you know, And, and being able to have a practice where, we offer so many different services and it's like one stop shopping for, you know, like your, your physical body, your mental body, you know, mind, everything. Um, so giving people, you know, that space where, you know, they can go and see one therapist for a massage, another one for craniosacral work, me to have a private breathwork session or doing like scar tissue therapy and, and whatnot. So I, I really love that, you know, our clients also trust us to, you know, make recommendations and, um, know that whoever's table they're on, they're going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we don't like, and I I always say, we're not a revolving door business. We are quality over quantity every day. And, you know, I would rather have like four staff members that I can trust with my business and my life 
rather than like 20 that are just going to make me a bunch of money, for you know, because for sure. it's for like, sure. money isn't everything. If it was, I would not be doing massage. I'll tell you that. How did you, that's a, that's a, how did you um, talk a little bit about motivation? Like, how did you, um, the motivation behind um, transitioning from focusing on massage? So, and I guess, you know, maybe, um, yeah, like you went to massage school at 24 you worked in, you got hired and and you quit four four times at the you know kind of the more corporate style um, massage places, and then is it after that fourth time that you're like screw it I'm um, I'm starting my own practice basically I wanna uh, I wanna do my own thing um, talk about that um, that starting yeah starting, uh, process starting. so and and it. And it wasn't just like working for a spa either. I, you know, I had, I did like short stints in like a physical therapy clinic in a chiropractor's office. So I kind of like got my feet wet with a lot of different things. And when I found my office, I was not even looking, you know, I had two clients that I was seeing for house calls and, and again, I, I really, and you know, this is when I really have to, you know, give credit to like whatever higher power, you know, people believe in like God, universe, whatever. I'm, you know, more of like a spiritual type person. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, like looking back and seeing, you know, like picking up that brochure when I had never once considered a massage, um, you know, as a career. And then I was getting a massage from another place, like a, a, another school. And I saw a, card for a dietitian. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go see her. And the dietitian was in the same office building that I ended up working out of for over 12 years. You know, that, that was my first space. And, you know, I, I went in to see her for a consultation for myself and we just got to talking and, you know, I told her what I did and she said, Oh, there's, you know, there's actually a room for rent. I'm like, I have two clients. I, I don't, I don't have like, you know, the, the people to support that. Um, and there was another woman who was just starting her business as well. So her and I shared the office for a year. It was just a single room. And then she left and I thought like, okay, I can, um, get another person to share the space with, or I'll try it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I tried it on my own and I worked on my own for about five years. And then I hired my first, um, therapist to join me. And she was with me for about five years and then right. she went off on her own and um and then I stayed in that location until 2017 and um and I ended up you know in the space I'm still at now over in Troy and about a year after I found my office I was going through my computer looking for something and and I found this like office wish list and I looked at it and I like listed okay this is what I want to have if I ever get my own space and it had literally everything on that list. So I'm like, damn it. Why can't I manifest a man like this? I've made plenty <laughs> of those lists too. But I manifested like a great space. Um, and, you know, we have like a studio space. And at the time. Two, you know, six pack. <laughs> football, college football player. <laughs> I actually one boxes. One one guy that I dated, he he checked just about every box, but I forgot to put like no narcissists or pathological liars on there. So next list, I'm definitely gonna put that on. Um, 
but yeah, so I, and you know, and That's I a tough put, one like to I find. wanted a, what's that? The tough one to find when you get somebody checks so many boxes, it's a tough one to find. <laughs> not a, I know. Not a, and then you're like, okay, what, like what level of fuckery can I put up with? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> But even, you know, looking back, like I had put, I wanted a studio to teach classes, even though I had never taken any training to teach any class. And I knew I didn't want to be a yoga teacher because I'm sorry for all the yogis out there. Yoga is boring. Like, like if I have to I do one more yoga. dog and chaturanga, like, and, and I, one of my best friends, she actually just messaged me earlier. She said, I know you're probably going to say no, but do you want to come to a yoga class with me on Sunday? It's a yin yoga. It's not like real yoga. It's just stretching. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll come. And she said, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like, yeah. Cause I want someone else to tell me to stretch for an hour instead of like me telling myself or other people to stretch. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I ended up in this space and, um, again, still like, all right, don't really know what I'm doing. And, you know, when I started my business in 2004, like there weren't the resources available that there are today for people like coaching, masterminds, Mm -hmm. Facebook, you know, it's like, wow, my business I think is older than Facebook or just about as old as Facebook. When did it start? 2004? 2004. Good for you. Wow. Yeah. I know. I wish I had Zuckerberg's money, but (laughs) a little different industry. (laughs) Right. And again, it's like, I, I, I've, you know, I always joke, I'm like, I did not get into massage therapy to make a million dollars, but I really enjoy my work-life balance. And it's nice not to come home with headaches anymore like I used to and just be miserable. And I see so many friends like, you know, working 60, 70 hours a week and hate their jobs. But, um, you know, it's kind of this like keeping up with the Joneses thing, you know, and I'm just not about that life, you know, give me like vacations and, you know, just good people and good sleep. And I'm happy. How did you get into, um, how'd you get into doing breath work? So, um, I had my first experience with breath work back in 2018, uh, when again, another like, super, uh, short notice decision. Um, I decided to go to Costa Rica and do an ayahuasca retreat by myself. Um, anything in particular that prompt that? Yeah. Uh, you know, just as a really shitty person in my life that had been lying to me for several years and, um, you know, and I have several friends that have done ayahuasca previously. So I was starting to get a little interested in it. And just when all of like the shit hit the fan with this person mm. and, um, it was like a, it was like a romantic thing or. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, um, and, you know, he still like pulled the wool over my eyes for several months after, you know, I got back. Um, but again, you know, good riddance, glad that's over with. Um, but I just, I, I found myself like being called, you know, and, and that's what people say. They're like, the plant medicine calls to you, you know? And so I just said, you know, all right, I think I'm going to go to Costa Rica. So I went to Costa Rica, not really knowing what to expect. And, you know, I, I went to a place called Rhythmia where they have these week long ayahuasca retreats. Is that the, and the city, Rhythmia? 
or the town? No, that's that's the name of the of the place. Okay, the um, retreat itself. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember where in Costa Rica it is, but and you know I, I have uh, I had several friends that had been there, so I knew I wasn't gonna you know like I'm not a camper. I'm not down with like sleeping in the dirt. You know, in like the jungles in Peru. Um, you know, doing like plant medicine there. I, I have friends that have done that, but you know, I like electricity and indoor plumbing too much. So <laughs> and Give me really a warm shower is, in like, the morning, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had a pool, you know, it, it was nice. like it was built on this old resort. So tripping too, that's like those sort of comforts that you're used to coming from the States yeah. is it's that's nice. It's nice to be able to take a warm yeah. shower at the end of the day. Right, exactly. Um so and and what I appreciated about that place was, you know, you're there a week. So it's not just like, oh, come in, do the plant medicine, and then we send you back totally, home. It's totally. like they work with you on integrating everything. And um, before you even do the plant medicine, you know, the ceremonies, um, because it is, you know, they have shamans there. It's a very sacred practice. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, they, the first night there, they did a breathwork session and, you know, the breathwork goes by many different names, like, you know, holotropic, Wim Hof, you know, conscious circular breathing, which is like what I teach. And, um, so is, you know, just a variation of that where, you know, I, I was in a room with, I don't know, like 50 other people didn't know a single soul. And they start this, you know, session, they're playing music and, you know, it's a very beautiful experience. And within minutes, I'm just sobbing uncontrollably. I didn't know what was happening, but, you know, for me and, and everyone else there too, and everyone that I have were worked you, with now. Were you, had you doing, taken the ayahuasca at that point? No, no, wow. no, this was, this was prior. Yeah. That was our first night. So you did a breathwork ceremony before, you know, like the night before you even do, did the plant medicine and. Wow. For the people who were unable to participate in the plant medicine ceremony for like medical, religious, you know, any other reasons, um, they had them go and do more breathwork sessions. And and they've they've said, too, that a breathwork session can be just as powerful as like an ayahuasca session. And I'll tell you what, man, breathwork does not taste anywhere near as disgusting as ayahuasca does. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and and just getting like that release and also, again, being in a room with total strangers and you just don't care, you know. And for me now, like teaching people, leading them through a breathwork session, you know, some people prefer to do it like online because they feel like it's not as vulnerable as having someone in the room with you. For sure. Um, and I hear that. yeah, but it was, it was just really, you know, really great. And, you know, so, and then I did, you know, I did the ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, I actually skipped the last night and the last night was like an all night thing, but I, you know, the, the thing that I didn't want to happen was like my last night to be a bad experience. And then having to like come away from that when it's like, okay, time to go home tomorrow. And now I just had all this shit come up where for me, you know, the third night it was, you know, like each night. So I did, you know, three nights and each night was a completely different experience there too. What's it, what's it like? I've always been really curious 
So I've done mushrooms and LSD mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I've always been really curious what it's like to go to like one of those ceremonies where you have like a shaman that's there that's yeah. guiding you and there's like, yeah, like what's that like? Um, can you yeah, describe it, the experience? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So, um, you know, we were in like how, how I did it. We were in this, um, you know, it's like big open room. Um, okay. And uh, we had, and, and it was, or, um, no, we were just all kind of set up and they had like little, just twin mattresses out for everyone. And again, because, you know, you're paying a lot of money to go to this place and they're giving you a lot of like really nice amenities. So again, not just laying on the jungle floor in Peru, you know, with your little like camping mat. Um, but how they did it is, and, and they did it in the evening too. Um, and they would say, you know, anyone who was taking the plant medicine, like don't eat after, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon or something, you know, cause you want to have like a nice empty stomach. So you get in there and, um, they start, oh my God, it's been so long, but it was like, they started, you know, doing like some meditations and everything and they would talk, you know, talk to everyone and, um, and then you would go up and you would take, you know, you would take the, the medicine and it's disgusting. I'm not even going to lie. Like it's this, I, and every time I think of it, like I can still taste it. Is there like it's a like they're up there so, just mixing it up? It's got like a pot and, and they're like, mixing yeah, it yeah, there. pretty much. Like, and they're just like doling it out on these little, you know, shot glasses. Um, is, that, DMT is, is it like yeah. a couple ounces or like how much are you drinking? Yeah, maybe like an ounce. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, because DMT, no. But this is worse DMT than is like, that you'll ever drink. Like this, what's that? this is worse than any like liquor or whiskey that you'd ever drink this shot of this. Oh my God. Right. It's like, what would I rather drink? Ayahuasca or Jaeger? I mean, I, that's a tough choice. <laughs> um, hope, but, hope nobody from Michigan's listening to this podcast. They'll say, well, they'll be so angry. They'll be so right. <laughs> <laughs> Michiganders <laughs> love their Jaeger. No idea why. There's gotta be a spax. Oh God. Oh my God. I got so drunk one night and like, Oh, that that was the first and only time I've like had an actual hangover, and I did not drink for so long after that because I'm like I don't understand how people can drink like this like every weekend right? and feel like this. I'm like never Dude. again. Um, when yeah. you drink that, when you get drunk, too drunk, when you get they oh. not, like on one like on an alcohol, and just like whiskey or something that has. Dude, one time my brother in law and I. Major aside here. One time, my brother-in-law mm -hmm. and I drank a whole bottle of whiskey together, a Scotch whiskey. Oh, uh. dude, it was the worst, <laughs> the worst forty-eight hours of my life, the worst of my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the first time the the first edible I had, uh, my friend brought one over, and me and two of my friends. It was the day after Christmas. We ate this edible, and. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, it's been half an hour. It hasn't hit me yet. Oh my God, it's been an hour. How Figures, I'm immune to weed. Know. It doesn't work. And, um... Do you know how many yeah, milligrams it was, Rebecca? Out of curiosity? What's that? Do you know how many milligrams it was? Or was this like a home-baked thing? Oh, it was like a home-baked cookie. <laughs> I think there was some hash in there too. It was my friend's mom's cancer cookie. <laughs> she was going through chemo. Oh. And, her, and her, her, her brother had made them, so... Mm. Um, God bless. Hope she's okay. She's like, here, I got this cookie. So we each split this little cookie into three. And I remember like we were sitting on the couch and my friend says to me, cause I was like, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And then she says, 
you're blinking really slow. <laughs> and we ended up, because my friend's like, my friend's like, oh, I brought stoner food over. She brought like Oreos, Skittles, pizza rolls, you know, all the classics. Pizza rolls. Dude. Oh, yes. Pizza rolls are so gross, but the best. You know, we're like, oh, we're, we're going to do it. <laughs> they are and, disgusting. It's uh, like, there's like a, I just picture like there's like a tube. It's like, and then just like squirt like this tube of like pizza filling into pizza rolls. Oh God. And they're so gross. But okay. But somehow amazing. And, and like, but somehow it's amazing. And I, I mean, like I, I'm about to bake my way through this like baking cookbook, you know, desserts. I bake the best sourdough people have ever had. Like I've got dough rising for pizza. I'm a good cook. Yet. And I don't like pizza rolls, but the Totino's like pizza. It's just that flat little pizza. Is that like the like the cir- frozen circle? Like the square ones? thing? Yeah. They're so good. Totino's I pizza. Mean, Totino's pizza. Not Totino's pizza rolls, but yeah, get the pizza. Frozen food section at the grocery store? Yeah. Am I and, like and the like right the little place? plastic wrapping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The- like the Supreme pizza. Yeah. Oh, and it comes like the plastic a box in a plastic wrap and you take it out? Yeah. It's like not even a box. It's just like plastic and a little tray and then you put it in your toaster oven yeah but you know so we ate this and we got super high we watched like an entire season of parks and rec ate so much food and i remember waking up the next morning like wow i feel great like there's no hangover yeah i ate a bunch of garbage food yesterday but like i can function and But when I went to Costa Rica, like I was literally that person, you know, like once a year at the block party, I would attempt to smoke pot and like maybe every third hit, I might get it right. Um, You know, kind of like Bill Clinton, he's like, I didn't inhale. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from like, you know, low end of the spectrum weed to all the way at the end, like ayahuasca. I skipped everything in between. (laughs) Like, let me just. Let me just go this way. So um, you're like the person. And, you're like the the the, the person's like like coughing a bunch at the block party, taking the hit on the joint, oh. and then like the next day, you like the next day, you're like ayahuasca retreat, seven day ayahuasca yeah. retreat. Let's go, bring it. Oh yeah, and, and like hiding behind the garage so the other neighbors didn't see <laughs> us. You know, like yeah, that and um and then like during COVID, said, I was talking- that when she went to Amsterdam, she like. She like got in a circle, like all, they were like smoking weed, like all looking yeah. all like shady Americans, you know. And people were like, "Dude, it's Amsterdam, bro! Like, what are you doing here?" So, so fu- funny, funny aside with Amsterdam and dating. So, um, you know, I like I go back and forth with dating apps, and um, hate them. I was, Love you them. know, I was. <laughs> they're so great. They're so great. So great. So I was on one recently, and. I got like two guys in a row, which ended up being bots. So I'm like, cool. I got my first bots on here. That's awesome. And what tipped me off because like one guy, he like wrote me back right away. And, um, oh, and he's like, what are you looking for on this application? So I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a person. So let's just fuck with him a little bit. So I said, well, you know, I'm really looking for someone that can like splurge on first class tickets to Switzerland. And then we'll go down to like Amsterdam go for a bike ride and eat some pot brownies. What do you say? And then like, I got back such a canned response and I'm like, 
But what about the brownie bike ride? You didn't answer that. <laughs> the brownie I'm bike actually ride. trying to plan to to Amsterdam see, next year. I would love yeah. to see somebody like, I would love to see you successfully like turn around like one of those bot schemes. Like they reach out, yeah. they're like, send me your bank account information. And you're like, totally. First, send me this about you. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And they send it. And then you're like, <laughs> totally flip the script on them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That would be so fun. Um, so anyways, yes. I digressed big time, but you're, so you're in, yeah. um, how was that? How was that? I, how many do you did it for three days or yeah. Like how was I, that I did, yeah, I did three out of the four ceremonies. Um, and it was, it was just weird because like there was a person there that he, I think he had a bad experience and then he was going around and telling people like, Oh, this isn't real. Or like they're trying to take, you know, I, I don't know. It was very, it was very strange. I don't even know, but like some people really were. Mm. Um, did you trip out of curiosity? I, I did. I did. So the first night, okay. So, you know, you're in there and you go up, you take the first dose of medicine and they, and they have a motto of like, don't think drink. And also if you can stand, you can go take a second dose and they encourage people. Mm. They never forced, they never pushed it. They encouraged you, you know, look, if, if you can, if you're comfortable, like take a second dose, you know, dig deep. And, um, wow. Yeah. So, and then, you know, so you take it and, and it takes, you know, it's kind of like edibles. It takes a a time to get into your system. You know, it's probably good 45, you know, to 60 minutes. So, you know, we're just sitting there, like we're breathing, meditating and they, you know, they really, um, are, are kind of sticklers about like having it being a nice quiet experience mm-hmm. and throughout the night you, you know there were some people that were really like you could see them they're struggling you know they had a lot of shit to let out but like you know heaving, one of the, like physically like heaving or oh yeah that too because i i did that yeah and um but or like yelling crying you know it was, it was everything and, and i experienced all of that too but when someone was getting like really um I don't want to say like, you know, loud, but when, when they were kind of struggling a little bit, like one of the aides, you know, will come and take them outside, mm. you know, and, and go sit with them. So, you know, it was a very safe experience too, but, you know, while you're waiting for the medicine to kind of kick in, like, you know, you do some journaling, do some meditating mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, the first night it was really interesting um, because I had, you know, I had some like visions. I don't know if it was something that like actually happened or more of this, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, are mm. you know, are you hallucinating? Whatever. Um, but it, it left me feeling like very unsettled. Do you mind so, sharing? Like, it's okay if you don't um, mind sharing. Do you mind sharing like things that you saw or anything like that? It's just, yeah. Yeah. So th- there was one and, and like, I'm, you know, I was laying on you know, on like the mattress there. And, you know, I, I had made a couple friends. So like we were next to each other okay. and whatnot. But that first night, um, you know, I was just laying, like laying there, eyes closed. And I kept getting this like feeling of being in like a park restroom, you know, like, like a public, you know, bathroom in a park. And that's so crazy. And somebody with, um, like stringy hair and this like, you know, mesh trucker hat. And I'm laying on like the mattress here 
like punching and kicking, you know, as if I'm trying to like fight this person off of me. So I had this moment of, and, and, and this was like going into it, you know, to my knowledge, I've never had any like sexual, physical abuse or anything like that. But, you know, who knows? Like the mind is a very powerful mm-hmm. tool mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it really has a way of like shutting things off to protect us. Mm-hmm. And going into this, I, I had this conversation with myself of like, Hey, what if something comes up that something did happen? Like mm-hmm. at some point that mm-hmm. it's just been completely blocked out. So that's kind of like scary. that was as, yeah, yeah, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, they, they also talk about like purging when you're, you know, when you're taking ayahuasca. Is that like the vomit. And usually, yeah, usually people like puke or poop. So everybody had their like five gallon bucket. Um, you know, so if you had to throw up, it was right there. But also like, like laughing, crying, yawning, you know, all of those things are types of purging. And Mm. when, for me, when, when it was like first kicking in, it's like, I could not take in enough air. I just kept yawning and yawning. And it's like, you know, trying to like get all this air in. And so then like that, I had that, you know, kind of vision. And then, um, Mm. and, and I still like to this day, like, did something happen or, you know, like, was I just, you know, tripping? Yeah. Um, but that first night I like, I walked away feeling very unsettled and, you know, the next day I was kind of like, okay, what's going to happen tonight? Is it going to be like a continuation? Like, Hey, on last night's episode, or is it going to be something completely different? So One of the things that they had up there was um, they had these like signs, you know, the like mantras and it was um, like, show me who I've become, um, you know, merge me back with my soul, like heal my heart, you know, something like that. So that second night I decided like, okay, you know what, I'm going to with myself basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to use their suggestions So after I took the medicine, I just kept repeating that to myself, like, show me who I've become. And what was really crazy was like, once it started to kick in, I felt my face contorting, like, just, just like utter, like disgust. And, and what I kept hearing was like, this is disgusting. Like you're disgusting. This is all like awful. I mean, it was like there was this black cloud over my head. And I, and I remember I was like sitting, you know, on my mattress and like looking around at people and just like, ew, you know, just complete and utter disgust. And um, so I went up, you know, because they were like, okay, take a, you know, t- time for dose number two. So I went up there and, you know, they asked you like, how are you feeling? And, and even standing in line, I'm like, oh, you know, just... I I couldn't see myself, but I could feel just like the ugliness. And so I told her, I said, I'm disgusted by everything right now. And she's like, that's fantastic. So I I took another drink and then, and you know, it's like, I felt like there was something in my throat that just needed to come out. So then I'm like on my hands and knees you know, kind of like rocking back and forth, trying to get myself to throw up. 
And then like the shaman came over and he's like doing his little magic, like waving all of his like smoke signals around me, you know, everything. And, and I finally just started purging, you know, throwing up and, and it's dark in there, you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night. So it's, you know, they have like some candles, but it's, it's dark. And, but all I saw coming out was just like black. And, and it's funny because like later, you know, when, when it, and you know, the, the end of the ceremony that evening, you know, they, they turned the lights on and I'm like, I don't want to look in here, but I looked in my bucket and there was barely anything in there, but I felt like I was throwing up like for an hour and just saw this like black coming out. And it's almost as if I could like feel like something coming out of me. And, and I remember like, and you know, the shaman is there and I had like my eyes closed I was on my knees. I was kind of like waving around, like taking in all of his little magic. And after that though, like I, and I, I remember I like saw a lion. I mean, there, there wasn't an actual lion, but I just like saw one, you know, in my mind and right, right there. I was like, that's my spirit animal. And I swear to God, if there had been a tattoo artist, like I would probably have a big ass lion tattoo right on my arm. <laughs> so I'm glad there wasn't one there. Um, but Is then it after emotional that, at the same time as you're having? Oh, I was, I was crying. Yeah, I was like everything, and because um, Silas, it was really not really. Correct me if you disagree, but Silas yeah. to me doesn't feel as emotionally stimulating. It, I feel things, but yeah, I don't have those same experiences that I hear about people that are taking Iowa on the like that you're having, where it's like literally like pulling things out of you emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. Like for me, psilocybin, anything I take, anytime I take anything bigger than a microdose, I end up crying, but it's because like it's, and even sometimes, especially when I'm getting back into microdosing after I've taken like a little tolerance break or something, um, you know, the first maybe week or so the day I take it, you know, cause I do, um, I think his name is James Fadiman's uh, protocol, like one day on two days off nice. of microdosing uh, with psilocybin. But um, like sometimes the first couple of times I take it, I get really just crabby, really emotional. Like my emotions are just heightened. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and like when I do, you know, a larger dose of, mushrooms you know or i'll like pair it with a breathwork session and cry my eyes out for 45 minutes but then for like three weeks after i feel great you know because it's like you you've purged all of that stuff mm. and um so after that second night uh with ayahuasca i um like after after i purged all that stuff mm. like and and they talk about um something called sacred surgery mm. where and and because people have said like my Lyme disease is gone. Or like I had a tumor that shrank, you know, after going and doing ayahuasca. Um, but, you know, so they talk about this like sacred surgery where we can actually like see like little aliens or something, you know, working on you. And that actually happened for me. I felt like my chest was open, but it was all like a bunch of mechanical stuff in here. And who is it from, uh, probably before your time, but the Jetsons had this little like green, I think his name was Gazoo or something. This little like green alien guy that would like float around. And 
I saw him like in here tinkering, putting stuff together. And, and then I was laying there and my grandmother, who I was very close to, she passed away in 20 or 2014. And, Mm. um, and she was in a wheelchair the last couple of years of her life. And, um, I I was just laying there on my mattress, you know, after I had like purged everything Mm. and, and I saw myself sitting on a bench and my grandma was sitting next to me in her like blue polyester, like pantsuit that she always wore. And she didn't say anything. She was just like holding my hand. She patted my hand. Cause she used to do that all the time. Great. You know, when I was here, she was just like pat my hand. And again, we did not say anything to each other, but then she got up and she walked away. And I, after that, like I felt like, I physically felt this just like, yellow light just like emanating from my chest and I even like took a before and after photo and after it's like I was glowing you know and just being able to like get rid of just all of that shit and everything and and I remember like walking out of there you know that night and I was like oh my god that you know that was amazing and then the third night, I just, hmm. you know, I went into it and I asked myself, like, um, you know, what, like, what do I need? And hmm. all I kept hearing that night and all I kept hearing was rest, rest. So I only did one dose that night. And like, I needed help even getting up and walking to the bathroom because I was, you know, and, and I would like, I walked and I sat outside for a little bit. But it's like, I felt like I was glued to whatever surface I was on. And, and again, I was still aware of everything that was going on. But, and I remember I was just like laying on the bed, you know, looking at some other people, um, you know, go by. And when they called people up for a second dose, I'm like, I can't move. I mean, it's like, if you would have picked my arm up, it would have just dropped right back down. So it's like, okay, I really needed just some rest that night. So it was just a very like calm, quiet, peaceful evening where and then the next day you know because that the next day was like the all-night ceremony they were starting at like 6 p.m till 6 a.m and and that's when i had decided like you know i think i'm good i and you know looking back it's it's unfortunate that i let out you know other people's you know experiences and perspectives there um influence what i was doing because i feel like maybe that would have been you know, something really good for me to go and do that last one. But I was talking to one guy after that third night, you know, we we're talking the next day and I said, are you going back? He's like, man, cause he was having a rough night and mm-hmm. you could hear him. Like he was talking, you know, he was talking in Spanish, uh, like to his mom who was not there and they kept having to like take him outside because he was being a little disruptive. And I'm like, Hey, you either had a really good night or a really bad night last night. And people will say like, Oh yeah, I saw mother ayahuasca. You know, they see like a snake. And like I said, I I felt like I had a snake like coming out of my throat. Mm. Um, Do you see these things as well? Sometimes because some people, some people will get like really strong visuals where I didn't like my, my friend that I was next to, she, she saw a lot of like geometric patterns and shapes. and, And they, they say that's pretty common. I, I didn't really get a lot of the visuals, um, but, you know, and this guy, he's like, I, I got to go back tonight. I can't leave like with how last night went. So he had a, you know, he had a very challenging experience. Um, mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I, 
I, I, I can't leave, you know, I, I, I can't not do, you know, not work through this. So that was my biggest concern is like, you know, I had a really just like peaceful night the night before. I don't want to come back to this and, you know, my last night be like something that's going to just fuck me up for a while. Hmm. And, and they do talk about like the integration too. Like when you go back home, you know, like take your time getting back into things. But I left on such short notice. I had to juggle so many things around. So like I got home and two days later I was, you know, back at work and just back into the thick of things. And mm -hmm. for probably a good two weeks after, like, man, I was shitty to people. Like I was just in a bad mood. I was just like really just short tempered, but because I didn't have enough time to like process everything and integrate everything, but it was, you know, probably like two, two and a half weeks later, I finally kind of felt calm after that. It's like, okay, that's, you know, that, that's, that's what it should feel like. And so from there, like I got really just interested in like psychedelic therapy and plant medicine. I started, you know, listening to some podcasts where, you know, like this one woman, and this was again, like four years ago. And to see how far we've come in the last, you know, four or five years, like now, you know, they're decriminal decriminalizing mushrooms. They're using, you know, MDMA therapy, um, you know, psilocybin, LSD for like PTSD, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's really fascinating. And so I, I kind of headed down this path of like research, self-discovery, everything. And, um, and, you know, I, I talked to a few, you know, close trusted friends, um, Sorry, I have to plug my laptop in. Oh, for sure. Um, where, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to do MDMA. And my friend's like, oh, you're doing drugs. I'm doing, um, you know, psychedelics for therapeutic reasons. Mm. And I had on um, like rollsafe.org and tripsafe.org, you know, they're both harm reduction websites for, you know, psychedelic use. And it's really nice that something like that exists for, you know, those of us who are interested in experiencing it in a more therapeutic way, yeah. rather than like, oh, I just want to trip balls. Like, I don't like tripping, you know, and even when I, you know, when I do take mushrooms, I, again, I'll microdose over a macrodose any day of the week. Um, but also it just makes me more aware of like when I do have these feelings come up, uh, like, okay, there's still some stuff that I'm not working through. And, you know, and it's like, I, I always say in my business, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Um, and, but, you know, I, I've started, you know, just taking my own advice, like from what I tell clients. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, you know, fair five. That's awesome. Thanks. That's awesome. Um, I did LSD once and I, I what would you say the, when you came back, what would you say the impact of that, um, ayahuasca retreat was on is that you on your on your breath work? Like, was that like, would you? Yeah, what would you say the impact? Was that kind of the first? Um, yeah, what would you say the impact of that retreat was, and what you learned on that retreat on your interest I, in breath, breath work as a practice? Yeah, you know, I honestly I didn't even revisit breath work for uh, several years after that. You know, it wasn't one of those things. I mean, I. 
I very much have shiny object syndrome, you know, ADHD problems, I, right? I hear like, that. Ooh, what's my hyper focus going to be this week? Um, and so did I, it kind of like catalyze the process of like your interest in other uh, psychedelics as potential therapeutic? Yeah. So from going from like just, you know, weed occasionally to ayahuasca, now then it was like, all right, let me backtrack and see all these other things, you know, that are out there. So, um, and, you know, I, and again, like you have to be really careful. You can't just post on Facebook, like, hey, who's got some acid? Cause I want to do some inner work. Right. And, um, so, you know, I, I found a trusted person and, um, so, and that way too, like, you know, what you're taking, you know, you know, it's, or, you know, when people take, um, like I've taken, uh, just twice in my life, like a therapeutic dose of MDMA, you know, like pharmaceutical grade. It's not like Molly that's cut with who knows what mm-hmm. I used to, you know, like, oh yeah, acts like I would do Molly every weekend and roll. Like, no, I don't, you know, again, I, I did it in a way of, okay, Roll safe says, if you plan on doing this more than one time in your life, wait, you know, six to nine months before doing your second dose, because it completely depletes your serotonin. But when I did MD for the first time, um, you know, again, I, I was using supplements, um, you know, like five HTP I took, you know, for several days before and after to help kind of rebuild that serotonin. I avoided certain foods and, you know, again, treating like, I say, you know, and and again, people who aren't in kind of like the realm that we are of this curiosity, you know, of it, um, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you're on drugs. And it's like, no, I'm again, you know, I do my research. I I don't take this lightly. And there is a very um, intentional, you know, purpose behind it. And... I like sent some videos to friends and I'm like, Oh my God, everybody needs this. Like, I'm so happy right now. And, and it wasn't like just, you know, like, Oh my God, let's go to the car wash and look at all the pretty colors. It, you know, it was like, I was home. I, you know, lined up a friend to come and be a trip sitter for me, you know, just to check on me. Um, That's smart. And and because again, it's like, I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing this to, you know, heal and connect with myself more. And it wasn't even... Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what, you know, like, are there any, yeah, like, can you talk about like what you are seeking? Yeah. When you, yeah, what you're seeking? So, you know, and again, like, I mean, you know, I I thought I would have, you know, gotten married and had kids years ago, but life just worked out in different ways and but it's really hard because, you know find a person to share my amazing life with and you know it's not like I'm looking for someone in, to come in like fix my life or help me start my life it's like you know I've got a really great life and I want to share it with someone so you know I've done a lot mm. of work with myself of like well, why aren't these relationships working out? Or why do I keep getting drawn to these people? But it's like, look what I do for a living. I fix people. So I I get, you know, a guy who has like unresolved trauma or whatever issues he's got that maybe he's not even aware of. 
And, you know, women were always like, oh, we can fix him. Right. No, I am done fixing. I'm done fixing people unless they're, they're paying me to do it. Um, you have a very helping personality. Have you ever, have you ever heard of the Enneagram by chance that like personality kind of test? I am. I think I might be a six. I don't know. I, I've, I've done it okay. a few times. I can, I can never remember like what I am or what my like Briggs Myers is or anything. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. But I was thinking you might be a two, which is like the helper Enneagram. Maybe. That kind of sounds familiar. Now, now I'm going to go take a test later and I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Um, but you know, I have for a friend me, that sends me, I can send you some like, uh, some, like quotes on it. Yeah. I thought I was a three. Mm-hmm. but my friend sent my friend Anna she's like super into these things and yeah. not very knowledgeable about them she's like a good at reading people I think mm-hmm. and like seeing people you know yeah. and uh she sent me this info on the two and it said can you relate to this you focus if you're with people you really focus on helping people mm-hmm. you know like but it's good for you to be alone because you can then let go of that and then focus on help being present for yourself, yeah. being there for yourself, yeah. you know, um, psychedelic therapy kind of, um, for me, how it, I'm curious for you if, um, that's kind of, that's part of what you're seeking, um, in it almost, um, yeah. looking yeah. inward and getting that kind of healing. Yeah. And you know, and it's like kind of like with the breath work too, right? People say like a breath work session is like years of therapy in an hour. And oh, I'm so, it was for me. Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so glad. And I'm so glad like you were able to come and, and experience it too. And I, I'm so glad you had a good experience. Um, I was crying. Yeah. that And <laughs> I, I know I joke. I'm like, I get paid to make people cry. It's great. Um, but, and, and also like to allow yourself, especially men, because they feel like they have to, you know, put on their like, Oh no, I, I'm a guy. Like, can't show my feelings, you know, can't get in touch with, you know, with my emotions. And, you know, I, I have friends yep, yep. In, like previous relationships that are like that, where they, you know, they are so emotionally closed off. And I, and I, you know, I joke, like I'm kind of the anti-massage therapist. Like I don't wear patchouli. I shave my legs, you know, I don't listen to Enya, but I, I'm also, again, like I'm a helper, I, you know, and, and people will sometimes like in that community, they, they'll refer to someone like me as like a light worker, you know, and they said that it rid me of too. I'm like, uh, I, again, I, I'm, you know, I'm very like grounded in the skepticism, but I'm also very open to like antidepressants for the rest of my life or, you know, I, I'm really impatient, so I don't want to go through six months of therapy to uncover some stuff where, again, like, take a gram of, you know, golden teachers, put on a breathwork playlist, and just wait to see what comes out. And after, like, after mm-hmm. you know, a breathwork session, especially when you throw, you know, some mushrooms into the mix, it's very much like you just feel cleansed, you know? Totally. Totally. You're exhausted because you just like got everything out there, but you walk away feeling like, holy shit. Like I feel great. You know, I I feel like I can do anything now. And 
And like the first time I did the MDMA, you know, and I just did one like 0.125, you know, grams, like a low dose, you know, and I had to go straight. It wasn't even like that day or the next day. And, you know, with, um, with that, they talk about like blue Monday. Cause you know, your serotonin is tanked. And like two days later, like nobody wants yeah. anything where I never experienced mm-hmm. that because again, I came from a very like responsible place with it. But it mm-hmm. was, you know, the best way I can describe it is it's as if there was an emotional wet blanket that had just been taken off my shoulders. That's amazing. And you're just, and the same thing, like with breath work, you know, whether or not you're pairing it with like psychedelics or, you know, an edible or, or anything, or just going in stone cold sober, like people walk away and they're like, I feel so much lighter right now because they don't realize yeah. how much shit we're just like holding on, you know, in our bodies on a regular basis. Mm. I, I was just speaking with someone a couple of days ago where she saw this TikTok thing. And I mean, I, I don't do TikTok, but you know, this woman was like, here are 10 signs. Um, your hips hurt, you know, you get headaches, like, like, okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, my friend had said like, okay, what, what magic do you have for this? And I'm like, I don't know maybe a breathwork session. And she said, you know, she's like, I want to do it, but I'm scared. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the overwhelming message with some people is, you know, it's like, they're afraid of what's going to come up or, you know, think about it. Like when we're constantly shoving all these things down because you're like, I don't have time for this right now. I'll deal with it later, but you don't want to deal with it. And and I'm the same way. Cause you know, I know I'm probably, like a few days overdue for it. But again, I, I have a like PhD in procrastination as well and, you know, push everything off. Um, but then after I do it, it's like, why didn't I do that a week ago? You know, right. Like rolling out with my therapy balls. Like, Oh my God, it feels so good. Why am I not doing this every day? Right. Yeah. So circling back to like what you are seeking, I guess. Oh, yeah. We Sorry. Talk a little bit about that. Off. Um, oh, all good. No, just, you know, so, and again, especially like with the dating and everything, um, someone, someone used a term recently. They said, like, I'm a self improvement junkie, you know? And I, I mean, I have worked with so many I, people, again, like, you know, going and doing ayahuasca, getting into like psychedelic therapy you know, seeing a therapist, like hypnotherapy, this thing called rapid transformational therapy, which is like hypnotherapy on steroids. And, and the, this woman that I worked with and she's got all kinds of like magic, you know, up her sleeve. Um, you know, she's got a psychology background. Uh, she does like neuro linguistic programming, you know, all these other, you know, other things, not just like, Oh, I'm going to put you in a trance and help you stop smoking. Um, but she told me last year, she said, you keep trying to fix yourself. You don't need to be fixed. Like you're fixed. And, and for me, it was, you know, and especially like seeing how a relationship didn't work out or seeing how, you know, my business wasn't doing as good as I wanted it to. And I very much like compare myself to others, you know, my imposter syndrome, um, 
is he a pleaser too? Hmm. So the overwhelming message I always heard in my head was, well, what's wrong with me? Or it's like, why, why doesn't that person want me? Why doesn't that person want to be with me? What have I done wrong? Um, Or even like, you know, when a friendship would kind of just end naturally, or, I mean, even when I was a kid, my best friend growing up, you know, she was a bully to me. And every time she got mad, like I found myself apologizing because I hate, I hate, mm. conflict, I hate confrontation. And, and that was something that I worked, you know, that like came up uh, a few years ago when I was working with someone. Um, and I realized like, oh my God, th- this is like going back to, you know, my childhood. And, you know, like I didn't want to help my friend with her paper route. So she wouldn't talk to me for a week. And then again, I would go apologize. Or when I was dating someone and they were being like the shitty person, I found myself apologizing just to kind of smooth things over because like, I don't want, you know, I don't like, you know, again, confrontation, Mm. any of that. So going down the rabbit hole, like I did, um, you know, and like researching all these different things, trying all these different things. It was very much a way because I thought there was something like within me that was broken and needed to be fixed. But yeah, it's, you know, it's amazing. Like being able to have a tool, like just breathing in a certain way, you know, to help us. But yeah, so this book, a hundred years yeah. I'll, I'll add to that. I'll add to that, though, just to add, because for folks listening that haven't done what you do, yeah, it's not just breathing, I would say, because a lot of people right. say, oh, meditate. Mm-hmm. And it's meditation is great. I do it twice a day. But I experienced so much more from your yeah. class, our session together, because you are giving such pointed and powerful affirmations at just the right time with the right you know, you have so much like love in your voice and compassion and empathy in your voice. And um, yeah, and you're just really, I see it that when you I see the trip sitting uh, thing, because I see it because you're really guiding um, this journey, this inward journey that's going on. And it's amazing because I'm going through this inward journey and I'm like, how does Rebecca know that I'm going through this stage of the journey right now and know exactly what to say and know the right music to play, know when I need to express this or, you know, when I need to um, look inward or when I need to be more expressive and um, I lit out that, that like so much, I I can't tell you how much like that fills my cup, you know? And, And, and I always say like, I love getting people on my table and pulling whatever I'm pulling out of my bag of, you know, my little like toolbox of tricks I've learned over the last 20 years to help someone. But over the last several years, I've also realized as much as I love fixing people and helping people, I love teaching people how to fix themselves. Like I I did it for a friend and she had a really tough time. Like she was very physically uncomfortable. She kept getting distracted with thoughts But that's why we do it because, and I always say like, you know, when I said at the start, you know, don't think about Mm. your brain because your brain is going to try to come in and like control the show. And that's exactly is what happened with her. She started to get these like physical manifestations and, um, you know, or she started to have, you know, like, oh my God, I'm thinking about my shopping list. Like, 
okay, you can just put it back out. And then, and the breath, and you know, like I say, the breath isn't, it's not about breathing. It's about using the breath to bring all of those trapped emotions and all that stuck shit, like up to the surface. And one of my friends, like after she did a session, right. Um, you know, and she told me kind mm-hmm. of the same thing you did. She's like, that was better than any yoga class I've ever taken. And, and she worded it perfectly. She said, if you're tired of white knuckling your emotional baggage, like you need to do this. Before we hop. Yeah. Let's call this part one. Let's do definitely do a round two. And we can continue this conversation. But before we go, um, just kind of a quick, uh, for people that are listening that want to follow along with what you're doing, um, where can they find you, you know, on social or online? How can they get in touch with you? Yep. Uh, We are Michigan Massage and Wellness in Troy, Michigan. Um, We are on Facebook, Instagram, Michigan Massage and Wellness. I think we have a TikTok. Don't don't look for us on TikTok. I don't know how to do TikTok. but yeah, uh, Michigan Massage and Wellness. Um, just Google us, and apparently, I have really good SEO on my website because we're everywhere. I have people drive like two hours for certain treatments because they're like, "You're the only person in the state that does this." I'm like, "Yep, I am," and I booked for the next month, so better get your appointment scheduled. Um, yeah, and speaking uh, from experience, have- can highly, highly recommend. Oh, thank you. Um, I also have a uh, Facebook group. It's called self-care school, but you have to search for like self-care school. Um, and that's where like, I just did my first online group breath work, breath work class. I'm going to be putting together some more virtual classes in there. Um, you know, like stretching, mobility, who knows what else? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. It was awesome though. Thank, thank you so much for having me on and man, you and I, like we could just talk forever. <laughs> I could I could honestly if I didn't have something to go to at 4 30 I'd, right. I'd, I'd keep going <laughs> yeah easily right. easily yeah uh, this, this was so much fun and I mean and and this is what I love like we just all over the place talking about Sander you're amazing Rebecca thank you Thank you so much. You're amazing too. Um, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing as well like putting this together, putting this out to your audience, you know, and your products and everything. I love the sleep blend. Um, I keep that on my uh, nightstand and I'm actually going to be taking a little bit of a tolerance break from uh, cannabis when I go to um, on uh, vacation next week, but I'm definitely going to be taking that with me. Nice. Thanks for, thanks for letting, thanks for letting the listeners know too that you like it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, um, all right. Peace and love to you and, uh, see you next time. Have a great rest of your Friday. Yes, you too. And that's our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to subscribe on Spotify and on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you next time.